Hello all you out there, and welcome to a Between Two Worlds Christmas special. This is in line with a long-standing Trout family tradition where we would take a Christmas story and render it in audio form for friends and family. Back in the day, my parents would literally send cassette tapes all over the country along with a Trout Tribune, a newspaper about our family, the happenings of each one of us boys, and this would be the Christmas special. My mom would handpick a story, put it together, give us parts whether we were singing songs, playing piano, or just squealing in the background when they tickled us as closing remarks. So I'm picking back up that tradition and releasing it on the podcast. I'm very excited to bring it to you guys. This is an international collaboration with my cousin here in Amsterdam, my family back in the U.S., and of course, Naomi, my niece and nephew at the end. Also featured is my mom's closing remarks, where she describes what the process was like when she first started this tradition. I hope you enjoy the story of If You're Missing Baby Jesus by Jean Geetzen. When I was a child, my father worked for an oil company in North Dakota. The company moved him around to different parts of the state, and at some point, between one move and another, we lost our family nativity set. Shortly before Christmas in 1943, my mother decided to replace it and was happy to find another at a local five and dime for only $3.99. When my two sisters and I helped her unpack the set, we discovered two figures of the baby Jesus. Someone must have packed this wrong, my mother said, counting out the figures. We have one Joseph, one Mary, three wise men, three shepherds, two lambs, a donkey, a cow, an angel, and two babies. Oh dear. I suppose some set down at the store is missing baby Jesus. Hey, that's great, Mom. We have twins. You two run back down to the store and tell the manager that we have an extra Jesus. Tell him to put a sign on the remaining boxes saying that if a set is missing a baby Jesus, call 7162. I'll give each of you a penny for some candy. And don't forget your mufflers. It's freezing cold out there. The manager of the store copied down my mother's message, and the next time we were in the store, we saw the cardboard sign that read, If you're missing baby Jesus, call 7162. All week long, we waited for the call to come. Surely, we thought, someone was missing the important figurine. Each time the phone rang, my mother would say, I'll bet that's about Jesus. But it never was. My father tried to explain that the figurine could be missing from a set in Walla Walla, Washington, and the packing errors occurred all the time. He suggested we just put the extra Jesus back in the box and forget about it. Back in the box, what a terrible thing to do to baby Jesus. And at Christmas time, too. Surely someone will call. We'll just keep them together in the manger until someone calls. When no one had come to call by five on Christmas Eve, my mother insisted that my father just run down to the store to see if there were any sets left. You can see them right through the window over on the counter. If they're all gone, I'll know someone is bound to call tonight. Run down to the store. It's 15 degrees below zero out there. My sisters couldn't contain their excitement. Oh, Daddy, we'll go with you. We will bundle up good. I can look at the decorations on the way. My father gave a long sigh and headed for the front closet. I can't believe I'm doing this. Each time the phone rings, everybody yells at me to see if it's about Jesus. 
and now I'm going off on the coldest night of the year to peek in the window to see if he's there or not there. My father muttered all the way down the block, while my sisters and I raced each other up to the window where the tiny lights flickered on and off around the frame. They're all gone, Daddy. Every set must be sold. Hooray, hooray! The mystery will be solved tonight. My father, who had remained several steps behind us, turned on his heel and headed home. Inside the house once more, we saw the extra figurine had vanished from the set, and my mother appeared to have vanished too. Someone must have called, and she went out to deliver the figurine. You kids get busy stringling popcorn strands for the tree, and I'll wrap your mother's present. We had almost completed one strand when the phone rang. My father yelled for me to answer it. Tell him we found a home for Jesus. But the caller was not an inquirer. It was my mother with instructions for us to come to 205 Chestnut Street immediately and bring three blankets, a box of cookies, and some milk. Now what has she gotten us into? 205 Chestnut Street, why? That's about eight blocks away. Wrap that milk up good in the blankets, or it will turn into ice by the time we get there. Why in the name of heaven can't we all just get on with Christmas? It's probably 20 degrees below out there now, and the wind is picking up. Of all the crazy things to do on a night like this. Us kids sang Christmas songs all the way to Chestnut Street. My father carried his bundle of blankets and milk and looked for all the world like St. Nicholas himself with arms full of goodies. Every now and then my little sister would call back to him. Let's pretend we're looking for a place to stay at, just like Joseph and Mary. Let's pretend we are in Bethlehem, where it's probably 65 degrees in the shade right now. The house at 205 Chestnut Street turned out to be the darkest one on the block. One tiny light burned in the living room, and the moment we set foot on the porch step, my mother opened the door and shouted, They're here, they're here. Oh, thank God you got here, Ray. You kids take those blankets into the living room and wrap up the little ones on the couch. I'll take the milk and the cookies. Would you mind telling me what's going on, Susan? We have just walked through below zero weather, with the wind in our faces all the way. Never mind all that now. There is no heat in this house, and this young mother is so upset, she doesn't know what to do. Her husband walked out on her, and those poor children will have to spend a very bleak Christmas. So don't you complain. I told her you could fix that oil furnace in a jiffy. My mother strode off to the kitchen to warm the milk, while my sisters and I wrapped up the five little children who were huddled together on the couch. The children's mother explained to my father that her husband had run off, taking bedding, clothing, and almost every piece of furniture. But she had been doing all right until the furnace broke down. I've been doing washing and ironing for people and cleaning at the five and dime. I saw your number every day there on those boxes on the counter. When the furnace went out, that number kept going through my mind. 7162-7162. Said on the box that if a person was missing Jesus, they should call you. That's how I knew you were good Christian people, willing to help folks. I figured that maybe you could help me too. So I stopped at the grocery store tonight, and I called your missus. I'm not missing Jesus, mister, because I sure love the Lord, but I'm missing heat. Me and the kids ain't got no bedding, no warm clothes. I got a few Christmas toys for them but I got no money to fix that furnace. Okay, okay, my father said kindly. You've come to the right place. Now, let's see. 
You've got a little oil burner over there in the dining room. Shouldn't be too hard to fix. Probably just a clock flew. I'll look it over, see what it needs. My mother came into the living room carrying a plate of cookies and a tray of warm milk. As she set the cups down on the coffee table, I noticed the figure of baby Jesus lying in the center of the table. It was the only sign of the Christmas season in the house. The children stared wide-eyed with wonder at the plate of cookies my mother set before them. One of the littlest ones woke up and crawled out from under the blanket. Seeing all the strangers in his house, he began to cry. My mother swooped him up in her arms and began to sing to him. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, law, the babe, the son of Mary. She sang oblivious to the child's cries. She sang and danced the baby around the room until he settled down again. You hear that, Billy? That woman is singing about the Lord Jesus. He ain't ever gonna walk out on us. Why, he sent these people to us just to fix our furnace. And blankets we got now, too. We'll be warm tonight. My father finished his work on the oil burner, wiped his hands on the muffler, and said, I've got it going, but you need more oil. I'll make a few calls tonight when I get home, and we'll get you some oil. Yep, you came to the right place. When my father calculated that the furnace was going strong once more, our family bundled up and made our way home. My father didn't say a thing about the cold weather and had barely set foot inside the front door when he was on the phone. Ed. Hey, how are you, Ed? Yes, Merry Christmas to you too. Say, Ed, we have kind of an unusual situation here, and I know you've got that pickup truck. I wonder if we could round up some of the boys and find a Christmas tree, you know, and a couple of things for... The rest of the conversation was lost in the blur of words as my sisters and I ran to our rooms and began pulling clothes out of our closets and toys off of our shelves. My mother checked through our belongings for sizes and games she said might do and added some of her sweaters and slacks to the stack. The men my father called found oil for the furnace, bedding, two chairs, three lamps, and had made two trips to 205 Chestnut before the night was done. Our gifts were piled into the truck on the second trip, and even though it must have been 30 degrees below by then, my father let us ride along in the back of the truck. No one ever did call about the missing figurine, but as I grow older, I realize that it wasn't a packing mistake at all. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greeting with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch our keeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Good Christmas.
silence here for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. Nails thin shall pierce him through. The cross he born for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh. The babe, the son. Hi, I'm Connie Trout, Scott's mom. He asked me to reflect on our, our family's effort to tell Christmas stories starting 30 years ago. I have such fond memories of this annual event. It started out as a way to give presents to our extended family and friends without spending too much money. We were a young family, recently moved to Fort Collins. I was a stay-at-home mom and Brian was doing contract work for the USDA and going to CSU to get his master's degree. There, there wasn't much money to spare. The boys and I had a lot of fun going to the library and picking out an armful of Christmas books and coming home and reading dozens of stories before we picked the one that was just right. The boys loved being read too, so everybody loved the process. When we did the first one, our oldest Trevor was three years old. We read the nativity story and Trevor sang songs that he had learned in Sunday school every couple of paragraphs. He was enthusiastic at first, but by the end, I had to bribe him with little candy canes. When Trevor was five, he started taking piano lessons with Gohe, our international student from CSU. We would wrap the Christmas story around the simple songs that he was practicing. We were always amazed at how the songs matched the mood of the story, even though they weren't actually Christmas songs. Our second son, Casey, joined us by singing songs to go with the story. He had a high, beautiful voice and sang several great solos on our tape. If I close my eyes, I can still hear his five-year-old voice singing, Happy Birthday, Jesus, and Oh, Christmas Tree, Clear as a Bell. Our third son, Scott, had a flair for the dramatic at a very young age. It really showed up when we produced the story, Small One, when he was only five years old. He played the part of a little boy who had a small donkey. He actually had about 90% of the lines in the story. It was way too much to memorize, so I would say a line with inflection, and he would repeat it exactly, if not more dramatically. Our younger sons, Nate and Ben, often gave the closing remarks of Merry Christmas and a raucous laughter. It truly was joy to the world. There were so many wonderful outcomes to doing this with our family. As a family of five boys, we were constantly looking for things to do together as a team, like Saturday morning chores, painting the outside of the house, making applesauce together in the fall, cooking for a homeless shelter, climbing 14ers, backpacking, etc. Producing these stories on tape helped our boys to be other focused at a time of year when we're often self-focused. This Christmas tradition was a blessing to all of us. It focused our family on Jesus, the reason for the season, and on giving instead of receiving. I loved the way that it impacted our sons. The boys got great feedback from friends and relatives who received a copy. I would be remiss if I didn't say that our kids half enjoyed the process and, and half hated it. It was a lot of work putting the pieces together with five active boys. 
but I think they all ended up proud of what they had accomplished together. We actually recorded it at church with the people who ran sound. You can imagine the takes and retakes. I think they still like us. A shout out to Dave Hale, who did Small One, an editing nightmare done seamlessly. Even now, when we go up in the mountain as a family and cut down our annual Christmas tree, we listen to some of the stories on the drive up and back. We relive the whole thing and laugh all the way. I still take hot chocolate and little candy canes as bribes. I love that Scott wanted to carry on the tradition many years later. It is such a great way to focus on the true meaning of Christmas with our family. I love it that our niece, Patricia Van England, who joined us in one of our productions over 25 years ago, is now taking the lead in this year's production of Are You Missing Baby Jesus, along with her family. Everyone was a good sport to do their part in a very busy season. Thank you, family, and thank you, Jesus. To you be the glory, honor, and praise. Can you say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so bring him incense, golden myrrh, compassion kings to own him. The King of kings, salvation brings, let loving hearts A song on high, the virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. Excellent. Yes. Hooray. Yes. I think that'll work.